welcome to, or welcome back to Total Spots. Like how to do that back? I'm pulling people, I'm pulling them back in. Pulling back. If you're not, if you're, if you're just listening to me, I'm doing this like motion. I'm pulling you back in, pulling you back into Total Spot Fest. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Bring it back. Bring, Bring it, it back. on back. Yeah, let's run it back. Bring it on back to Albaville. <laughs> Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate you guys giving us some of your time. Uh, we got a, we got a jam packed show. A lot of stuff going on. We had Wrestle uh, WrestleMania. Well, we got WrestleMania buildup happening left and right. We WrestleMania weekend starting to get booked. We had Royal Rumble last weekend. Dynamite, there's news out of Japan, there's news freaking everywhere, so let's just, let's dive into it. So, Jamie, how was your weekend? I know your Sunday was wonderful. Sunday was <laughs> exceptional. Um, was it a little pa- heart palpitating for you, or was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, did we have some calls go our way? Absolutely, in the second half. Did they have calls going their way in the first half? Absolutely. It, it worked out in the wash. But, I mean, we've been on this, that side. And all I got to say is, Cincinnati, mm. you all are just a bunch of whiners. I love you, but you all that's, whine. That's the bungles for you. Apologies. Well, no, no. No apologies, bungle fans. You know. I, I, I feel bad for them. Uh, you can, on, you can feel I've, as I've bad as you want for them. It's, I've been stung. They are, they are the AFC North's redhead stepchild. And we were like, whatever, right? Bungles mm-hmm. got a bungle. Here's the thing I would say to any Cincinnati fans out there. From a... Uh, yes, I am a Steeler fan, so I don't. I have a little bit more stain for you than you know others do. But both things can be true: that there was some horribly missed calls, and you made a stupid ass penalty to put them in field goal position. Those both can be true, and they, they both be. were. <laughs> and missed opportunities by both teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Super Bowl's uh Super Bowl's a live time. Fireworks were going off like crazy. It was funny. My sister doesn't watch football, but she texts me and goes, I guess the Chiefs won. I'm hearing fireworks everywhere. Like, yep. <laughs> no, no, they lost. They lost. Yeah, no. It was excellent. I mean, other than obviously the Chiefs winning, uh, it was pretty good, you know. Um setting up uh the poker tournament for Megan's team. So when we go to Colorado, hopefully it'll be a little bit less expensive than what I'm planning on being. So Really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, you dropped a little dime there. We did book a Colorado trip as well. We did more details coming on that soon. Yeah, yeah, we we don't dive too deep into it. Right. If you know us and know who we're friends with, and you were on Twitter, you could maybe guess because it was revealed on Twitter our reasoning. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get, I'm ready. I'm ready to get into it. So I, I did watch the Royal Rumble this weekend. I know you didn't get a chance to watch all of it. You kind of picked and chose it a little bit. Yeah. But... I was a little busy on Saturday night. I had a wedding reception for uh, one of my best friends. So ah. well, that's... <laughs> that takes precedent for sure. But, uh, there was the Royal Rumble, which Jamie, we talked about last week, you know, was, you know, the introduction into our podcasting world was after the Royal Rumble, uh, three years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. so I watched it. I had like my little tablet here while I was doing other stuff on my computer. Right. And interesting that they started with the men's rumble. Yeah. That was the opener. That's weird. Uh, when you think about the whole total card, it did make sense though. So yeah. they they started the men's rumble. There wasn't a ton of surprises in the men's rumble, right? Um, 
like no big shock entrance. Booker T was the biggest surprise. And it's like Whoa. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one ridiculous spot and it was a double flying nothing that looked amazing. <laughs> Um, Double flying nothing. It, absolutely, I don't know who tweeted that, but it was like the best description ever. Ricochet on one side, and unfortunately, the man is athletic as fuck, but he's a piece of shit. Logan Paul on the other side. Oh yeah, both did a giant springboard mitt in the middle of the like like fifteen feet above the ring. It looked amazing, but yeah, it's a double flying nothing. Um, in the end, not a surprise. Entrant number thirty, Cody Rhodes, he won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Can we just talk about how you and I watch WWE sparingly, and that's being very generous. <laughs> very that we watch it sparingly. We were able to get the winner of the women and the men, like just barely watching the show. We actually just our random talkings picked the whole card. As a matter of fact, yeah, we were one hundred percent. Like it was ridiculous. Like if anything, WWE is predictable, ladies and gentlemen. I. I I know there's you got those WWE stands, and I'm I'm happy for you. I'm yep. happy that you found mediocre storylines and top tier wrestling. Good, but you need both, in my opinion. That's and not... some of these storylines, they have some good storylines, like the final betrayal of by Sami Zayn. Finally, finally. <laughs> You know, but and that's, that's how they ended the show too. So that's why the men went first, right? So they ended it with Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens, an arguably a great match, you know, it was. one that we have seen already, of, of course, right? But a very good match with the culmination of the story or the, not the culmination, the kind of the turning point of the Sami Zayn storyline, right? Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know. It's weird to me, though, because now you've got w- one of them's getting hosed, Cody Rhodes or Sami Zayn, because these are that you set them both up to be the main event at WrestleMania, basically, right? I don't think both of them are going to get hosed. <laughs> you think they're going to split the titles finally? Yeah. I think it's high time to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that Cody's adds, gonna win it for Raw. Sammy's gonna win it for SmackDown. I think that's the best way to go about it. I that that crossed my mind. I hope they do it, but we'll see. Um, women's wrong. They're predictable. They're predictable. They are. Uh, well, I will say this: was well, not predictable. The women's rumble match I felt was better than the men's. Um, Typically is. Sorry. <laughs> they had they had like they had a couple like funny moments in it. Like they had Michelle McCool's music started playing. Michelle McCool was in the audience in the front, so she takes off her jacket, gives it to her, her kids, and jumps over and hops in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's and last like twelve or fourteen minutes too. So it was kind of you know. Um, they had uh, Nia Jax is back. That's good fun. Um, yeah, B- Botch Jax back in, <laughs> back in action. She came out number 30. They played her music early, but they, she came out number 30. And then, like, the entirety, all 11 men, women that were left, all ganged up on her to not get her out. <laughs> Perfect. Now, Perfect. the interesting part about the Women's Rumble is that the final two – well, the final three was Asuka, where we finally got the Kana, Dark Asuka – WWE's not going to go full with it, though. We know this. 
Well, they might. They're letting, hey, they're letting Bray Wyatt go. Mm. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, in, 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 in a nightclub from the from the early 90s. Too. Um, we'll talk about his match in a second. But, you know, they, so they had, they had, but they had, they had Dark Asuka and, and was the third. It came down to the three of them and it was kind of a, a rush at the end, right? So the final two were actually the first two was Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. And I'm not going to admit it. I knew Rhea Ripley was winning from the start. We called that weeks ago. You and I both like, yep, it's going to be Rhea, right? Yeah, there's no one else. I believe Liv was going to win there at the end. I really did. They actually got me, for what it's worth. They, we talk on WWE a lot. But they're not. It's not the worst thing on the planet anymore. It's really not. You know, there's still some some hook that they got every once in a while. They get you right. Well, they got me for a minute there. I thought Liv was going to get there, but no, no, she didn't. And bell to bell. So either way, it would have been bell to bell though, which is interesting because they were both one and two. Yeah, which is phenomenal. Like Rhea Ripley looked like she got beat the hell up afterwards. <laughs> um, no, like I, I the women's division is really good. So Rhea says she's gonna fight charlotte for the belt she's mm-hmm. gonna get the belt off of charlotte because Which... charlotte's an... charlotte is the brock lesnar of the women's division right now she's an absentee champion um so there's that so what that leaves bianca belair what are they gonna do with her because i don't feel like the alexa bliss thing's done especially with everything that happened with bray wyatt and then and then in the post conference thing because now WWE's doing after post yeah shows which i wonder that, how that sounds familiar from right um hmm. yeah <laughs> um he was saying that they're always connected and when they get back together it'll be amazing like no one will see it coming but everybody's gonna see it everybody's it's like the most blatantly uh, i mean their match bianca belair and, and alexis match was very un, very forgettable but the afterwards yeah. there was it was it was like, short and it was it was Alexa kind of looked like shit in it and I'm like you can't do that to Alexa no I know, like she, I know Bianca's a badass but you can't do that to Alexa I mean Alexa has had fantastic runs and can put up her can hold her own and I don't I don't know ever she got ever since she's been back this last run ever since she got married it feels like they're doing I mean they they give her like no rope to to to, to, to give her nothing out there right you know Mm -hmm. it's just whatever the the bray riot match was weird okay flat out the pitch black match which was all like a black light match which did you like his makeup i didn't mind his makeup the black light makeup i thought though it's like you know i thought that looked cool but everything else the entire ring looked like it was from a 90s dance club yeah, L.A. Night. I mean, everything. Apparently, it was a, it was it was a, it was horrendous to watch live, and I don't know. And it was short, and it didn't really have a lot of going for it. You know, I just yeah. And then Uncle Howdy died. Uncle Howdy showed up, and they put him up on this thing, and he did this giant drop from the stage apparatus, missed L.A. Night by six feet, and then there was explosions, and I don't know. It was the whole thing was weird. Weird. I did like his makeup. I loved his entrance, as always. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I watched some of that match. I didn't watch all of it. Uh-huh. Um, I watched both Rumbles. But I felt like when I watched that, like, I was just expecting, like, you know, when you watch a movie, you, there's always, like, a nightclub scene, to your point. 
there's always some catchy song in the background. So in my head, I had Blue Monday by the orgy version of Blue Monday <laughs> playing during Blue the Monday. <laughs> How does it feel? Treat me we like, like you, you do. do. <laughs> like seriously, like I felt like that song was, was playing. Now watch that match again, knowing that. <laughs> I don't think I can watch that match again because that's all that will be in my head. <laughs> you are welcome. You plan so that, and I'm not. It, you I'm now enjoy I'm this match. Not going for it. Um. So of course, yeah, Cody came out, and then and then, and then you know. I want to see where they go. I hope they split the belts. I mostly for Sammy's benefit because Sammy deserves the payoff, right? He was my men's wrestler of the year last year, right? For the work that he's done. And it's not just all him. I know that, but this whole storyline has been a shining beacon on what would be a very bland three and a half year title run. Let's be honest. If it wasn't for the bloodline, specifically this last year of the bloodline with with Sammy and everything, I mean, you if you take a step back and think about how long they've kept Roman at the top. I mean, so I just want to see how I want to see him get his get his you know get his cake and eat it. Damn Skippy, like he's having a yes movement moment right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, and well, one thing AEW is good do is good at and that's cashing in on the opportune times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they'll be able to do that, much like TV networks are good on cashing in on you know hot properties that may be out there. Wait, I gotta wait, talk wait. about I gotta talk about Last of Us. I know it's a wrestling podcast, but I don't care. Let's talk about Last of Us because did you, you you didn't watch it on Sunday? I know you had stuff you had stuff happening. Uh, as in, your heart was still palpitating from. <laughs> yeah, I developed AFC a champion. <laughs> I'm on a statin now. It's a uh, you know. Um, yeah. But you watched The Last of Us though, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Watch it Monday night. All right. So full disclosure: if you don't want to hear about Last of Us spoilers, skip ahead about five minutes. Thoughts? Was this the best episode? It's definitely the best TV TV episode that's happened in 23. Right, that's a very short time frame. I know. I, I all I gotta say is this: I've been married for twenty one years, going on twenty two this year, and I love my wife unconditionally. I I will do anything for that woman. She is the best thing that's ever happened. To me. But I don't think I can love her as hard <laughs> and as well as Bill and Frank loved each other. I mean, Jesus. Who? What? Strawberry scene. And I'm going a little bit reverse here, but from from the uh, the post show kind of like interview, you know, mm-hmm. recap thing from the, from the 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 showrunners, they've made mention about about this about we had discussion at the beginning when we're going to deviate and when we're not, right? And mm-hmm. If it's going to be the same, if if it'd be the same or worse, we won't deviate. But if it add to the greater overall story, we will deviate. So this, they definitely deviated and gave us the full. We never we saw Frank for three frames in the video games, right? 
Yeah, hanging. He got he got bit. He's infected. He hung himself so that he wouldn't turn. And you know that's all we got. And, and and he said he hated Bill. And yeah. Then also you find out later that Bill's gay because Ellie got his playgirl. Oh, like that was it. Like that yeah. was the extent of understanding their relationship. Yeah, we just knew Bill was a crazy prepper person that has a whole town to himself outside of Boston. That's all we knew, right? Yep. And uh, Lincoln. And I I liked him showing that, but I I mean. Stuff like this is is the good stuff, you know. And I've harked a lot about Walking Dead. That's the closest, you know, approximation we have to to The Last of Us. I feel, especially with the way that the first few seasons of Walking Dead, how good they were, right? Mm-hmm. And they had that where they deviated, and it was fantastic. And this was unbelievable. This was, I didn't expect to cry so much so early on in this episode you know yeah but it got me right. and it was beautiful but it was it was great in the overall story of everything so i loved it it was it was the deviation i never knew i wanted it's a great way to put and it the, and then because i i mean Everybody knows, like, if you follow along, especially when it's, like, pop culture-wise, I'm a very much purist. Um, I don't like things getting messed with and redone. Like, that's one of the things I hate about Star Wars also is, like, mm-hmm. they kept adding layers onto the originals instead of just leaving them the way they were because they were perfect the first time through. Jamie rarely um, plays, like, remastered or redone video games. <laughs> yeah. Although he's um, gonna play the new Silent Hill when it comes out, I know. Like, that. well, no, I, I, I did. Like, I don't mind that to some extent. Like, I played Resident Evil Two, the the redo. I've, I'm playing Final okay. Fantasy Seven. You know, like I've, I've done all of those. Like, I don't mind it that much when it comes to video games because there's different ways you can go. And as long as the main story arc is there, it's all good. Sure. Because there are some different things, like. Final Fantasy Seven introducing uh, uh, thirteen way too soon, in my opinion. But whatever, you know, because he's hard to get. Um, but this, it gave a lot more texture to the overall story arc, and I think that's the thing. Like because of the love and like how they went out together, and he wasn't gonna let him go and stuff like that. Like that really is a lot of foreshadowing if you've never played the games. Like tons is heavy foreshadowing. But then it also shows a softer side there of what can happen during Apocalypse. And I loved it. Well, I I think a lot of it adds – they're adding a lot to the greater story of the world of The Last of Us. That's what they did with the first couple episodes with, like, kind of the pre-credit scenes, right? And they had the thing in Jakarta, right, you know? Which Mm -hmm. I appreciate that because you're not really messing with the story – you're adding to it because this is a different medium and, you know, not everybody has gone through and platted both games, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. you've got yeah, to yeah. be able to tell that. So more to come next week. Like I said, we're, we're, us, us nerds, we're going to keep talking about just a little bit. So let's, let's let's flip that back. Let's let's talk about wrestling. So let's talk a little wrestling. We may mention WrestleMania and WrestleMania weekend is uh, already gets, it's starting to get booked up. So. You know, not just with WWE, because we know now, you know, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, for sure, at WrestleMania. We don't know about Sammy yet. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Fair, for sure, at WrestleMania. And 
You have everything around WrestleMania week happening too. There's the whole GCW collective. So you've got uh, Effie's Big Gate Brunch, uh, Joey Janela's uh, Spring Break. You've got, um, you know, uh, Bloodsport. You know, you've got uh, World of Lucha. All the GCW things are happening. And my God, they've decided to start announcing shit left and right. So, um,. Some of the things they have, I know that uh, one of them, I think it's, uh, I think it's Joey Janela. I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, has a tag team match, uh, and one of the tag teams is uh, Kid Bandit and the cutest in the world, Maki Ito, together. Maki Ito, Ito Chan, as a tag team. Um, you know, you got all sorts of things, but there's one name that's been booked for uh, some GCW shows. Their first American uh, booking that you wanted to talk about, I know. I'm going to put it, I'm gonna put it with a <laughs> gold star. Anybody get the reference? See what I did there? See what I did there? Oh, I got huh? the reference. Huh? 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm doing the Cincinnati mayor guy. See what I did there? Um, no. Kota Abushi is making his GCW debut WrestleMania weekend. Oh, let's and go. Speaking of Kota Abushi, he is evidently being targeted by all the major brands. <laughs> Everybody wants some Kota Abushi. I mean, who, who can blame you? <laughs> Why would you not? And he says he likes to do more of the freelance thing and not necessarily be tied down with some contracts because he wants to rake in the dough. And I'm in. I think that's very smart. I mean, we don't know for sure. We don't know if Kodabushi is moving to America and just becoming, you know, this could all just be a tour, right? You know? Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't he want to taste a little bit of everybody's soup, right? Sure, do it. That's what yeah. Minoru Suzuki did. <laughs> Makito's been doing that. I mean, yeah. So, and anybody out there is stupid if you don't book Kota Ibushi. Like, think about the people in AEW you could have Kota Ibushi go against. He's gone, he's fought half of them already, I know. But, yeah, but think about him going against MJF. Going against Moxley. Mm -hmm. Going against Brian Paige. Danielson. Brian Danielson. Ooh. Claudio. Like I, yeah. I could keep going. Yeah, like, we've seen him in Omega, but I still would, I would like to see that again. <laughs> I would not complain seeing that match again. Or they become a tag team again. Ooh. The gold. The, the was it the gold lovers? The gold. What was it? Yeah, that wasn't lovers. Love. Was it lovers? I don't remember. Uh, anyway, Kodabushi free to come to America and book himself at will. So he is doing that. So we are excited. Golden about lovers. It. it is the golden. Is lovers. the golden lovers? It go. didn't sound right. I don't know why. That just My Google me. foo came through. Well. We will see where this takes, uh, where this takes uh, Ibushi. Um, you know, I don't, I don't envision him fully signed with anybody whatsoever. But I can see him doing little short runs. You know, PR and Impact for a couple episodes. 
few matches in AEW, right? He's going to do plenty of GCW. Prestige, I'm sure he'll have a match with them. Um, you know, PCW, I can see that. You know, who knows where it'll take him. So, uh, it's a good time. It's a good time for independent wrestling, isn't it? Absolutely. It is a good time. You know, and the thing is with with Coda, you know, there were rumors that he was thinking about possibly retiring because of everything that went out with with uh, New Japan. Well, somebody else, and I, I, I know this is a shock because you know we just already talked a little bit of football. But somebody <laughs> else retired, and Tom Brady. I don't know if you're aware, this is the second time he's done this on the exact same day. <laughs> so my tie-in to this is, who are some wrestlers that you can think of that have retired and came back? And then retired again <laughs> and came back. Uh, that's uh, unfortunately, I have to. That's not a hard list to come up with. <laughs> you can just start going to it. I mean, retirement has long been a trope in wrestling, right? Uh, there's the joke that no wrestler has ever truly retired. Fuck. Ric Flair wants to do another final match after he had his final, final match a few months back, right? After he, Ric Flair's top of this list. How many times has he retired? I think he's had a Baker's dozen. I don't know. It's up there, you know, but he's had a bunch, you know. Um, should even, even some modern ones. You know, Danielson, fully retired, right? You know? Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. Edge, mm-hmm. tired, can't do it. He did us. Christian, I think, was the same way, right? You know, mm-hmm. fully mm-hmm. retired. Next pro can't do this. Um, fuck, as recent as Christopher Daniels, right? We thought Christopher Daniels was done. Christopher Daniels has a match this Friday. Yeah. The main event against Roosh on Rampage. Yeah. Why not? Okay. <laughs> he booked himself in the main event. <laughs> I mean, if you can, you might as well, right? So, <laughs> I mean, I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot, you know, Paige, you know, she, so there's a lot currently, and I'm just trying to think back of some ones that, you know, maybe are a little bit um, more seasoned in there because, like I said, they used to do this as a trope a lot, right? It'd be like the, like the write-off. You're writing them off. Oh, he retired. And he's back. The worst one by far is The Undertaker. I don't want to buy by, by, by far, but. Well, because he got done with that, whatever WrestleMania it was. Put his boots, his hat in the ring. Oh, He's yeah. He's done. And then Saudi Arabia happens, Undertaker match. Well, I'm more pissed off about Shawn Michaels coming back for that match. Yeah. Yeah. Shawn said he was never, ever going to wrestle again. Yep. And he held out for a long-ass time. He did. And then... The Saudi Arabia money came. <laughs> All right, who do you want me to super kick? You know, like. <laughs> what about you? What else you got? I mean, obviously Rick Hogan. Like you got to talk about Hogan. Hogan, yeah. Um, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. I mean, other than he's a big piece of shit, which probably shouldn't. I mean, there's about. there's other other factors there for sure, but yes. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm trying to think of any women um, that have retired and came out of retirement. Gail Kim did once. Yeah. See, but the women who do it, like Mickey James, like she had retired, you know, but now she's the Impact Wrestling Champion, right? 
Mm -hmm. But their retirements are a little bit different. Like, you know. I think wrestling retirements are just a little different. Well, wrestling retirement is kind of an oxymoron. (laughs) Like we said. Yeah, it's just. Man, that's that's a tough one, man. Like, there's been so many wrestling retirements that aren't even real like mick foley didn't he retire once and come back and then now he's done done yeah um kane i mean it's basically like if you get the if you get the w the the e money you're coming back Uh, and kurt angle's retired a few times but if need be he'd, he'd do another match he would and and after that match he'd be eating his food out of a straw more than likely I mean the true the true thing the true way to go and I've heard Bully talk about this on their on his podcast and I've heard a few others you know it's like the true way if you're really going to leave wrestling is to do it the proper old school way which is you get, you put somebody over and you're just gone right the actual like doing a retirement and the big and everyone comes out to the stage and claps and does all this you know it's almost another gimmick. I hate to say it, but favorite retirement moments is bullshit now. And <laughs> yes. you know, it's it's honestly the most iconic one where Ric Flair's getting up, bawling his eyes out, and then here's Shawn Michaels going, "I'm sorry, I love you," and then gave him the music. The head, right. Yeah. And then he shows up I at TNA it. six months later. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I had tears when that happened, too. I'm like, oh, my God, it's done for Flair. Like, I felt bad for Sean. And, I mean, but those that's a different era of storytelling, ladies and gentlemen. But it's just one of those things, man. Like, retirement is just a fickle thing. Fickle. Fickle. Um, fickle. With, <laughs> uh, with wrestling. Like, and if you guys know of any that we're missing that people retired, came back, and retired again, came back, whatever – Hit, hit us up in the comments if you're on YouTube or, or uh, shoot us a, a tweet at Total Spot Fest. Do I it. really appreciate it. Hopefully, Tom Brady's retirement is done, done, done this time. He says this um, is final and good. Please, God. Well, he's got he's got a $300 million 10-year contract waiting for him at Fox to be a, a, a commentator. Yeah, I know. He'll be fine, y'all. I have little uh, – Tom Brady's a fantastic – Quarterback statistically, I'm sure he's a fine person. Whatever, he's uh, the goat. He just so many years destroyed my soul. Two of his first three championships was uh, the Super Bowls were, you know, AFC Championships won in Pittsburgh, and, just, and, and and then it was just like the thing is like you, you could not get past him. Could not get past him. I will say this though. He has never defeated Kenny Pickett. <laughs> but no, best well, of luck in retirement, Tom. Enjoy your enjoy your mountain of Fox <laughs> cash. Yeah, the mountain of Fox money. <laughs> so yeah, well, I thought that was a little fun thing to talk about. A little, that was interesting. little wrestling retirement wrestling on retirement the second anniversary of the first time of the retirement of tom brady <laughs> and then the latest version of said retirement of tom brady 
Now, if he's truly committed to the bit, he would come out after next season and say he's coming back in. He's coming back to football. And then on February 1st, be like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm retired again. Sorry. No, this is for, yeah. for real, for real this time. But, but and then the point, next he, year, do the same thing. <laughs> he should move. He, he should change promotions and go to the XFL. <laughs> or go to the USFL. Eight promotions. <laughs> I would work not. The, if Tom Brady wants to quarterback the Battle Hawks, I'll take it. I mean, I'll, yeah. I mean I'm not saying no to Tom Brady. The Battle Hawks is by far the best name. Oh, it is. Their helmets are great, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. The Battle Hawks. Only thing that would be cooler is if they have Battle Toads. I love it, too, because they're like cheer thing. Toy fan built, not not organized by the, but it has to be adopted. Is Kaka. And then they have guys wearing, remember, it's always sunny when they were the, the Eagles. They wore the Eagle. So the, you've had this group of guys who started doing it. Now it's a thing. It's a dome for Battle Hawk games that guys shirtless wearing the eagles shirt in the stands i mean say what you will about st louis we know how to drink and have fun so (laughs) i mean you're not wrong it is the chlamydia capital of the world that doesn't happen by accident (laughs) way too much fun to be had in st louis ladies Mm, and gentlemen yeah all right, let's let's move let's move along here, man. Let's, seriously, <laughs> we got Tom Brady to chlamydia, and I don't know where this I don't know where this fucking ship is going. But we're way off. The, we're we're off the rails. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, yeah. So, all right, you want to talk a little AEWs? Let's just go to AEW. That's a good. That's a good place to go right about now. Well, let me just say this: if you are a fan. Of technical wrestling, this episode was for you. Three solid technical wrestling matches. A women's match. Uh, then a tag team match that wasn't really a tag team match. It was more <laughs> about the aftermath of, of Daddy Ass. But it was a g- good show. Not a great show. But they set up a lot of stuff, and I'm trying to figure out why every match next week is an Eliminator match. I don't know. Okay, what are your thoughts on the Eliminator concept, first of all? For those of you who don't know, that's where you go, you fight a champion, and if you win, you then get a titles match against that champion. What are your thoughts on that in general? I don't hate it. I kind of like it, like, in order to be the man you have to beat the man and so if you beat the man you get a shot at his ship or at her ship here's my take on it if aw took the approach to eliminator matches that they did to steel cages they would actually mean something that's fair I mean, you say yourself, did. there's two next week. There was one last Friday on fucking Rampage, which was a fantastic match with Amy Sakura, by the way. Amy Sakura oh, and yeah, Hayden. I do want to talk about that match. Okay. Because, but holy shit. Just throwing these Eliminator matches out there all the time, and it's just like, Champion could just have a match against somebody. And if they happen mm-hmm. to lose, it's not a title match. Well, that person obviously isn't, and you don't need to have, anyway. I don't like the gimmick because of the overuse of it. The, the thought behind it, you want a shot, you have to beat me. Then I'll give you a shot. That should be like a special stipulation. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. AEW passes out the eliminator thing like like it's candy. Oh, you gosh. know, whereas WWE doesn't use it very often, so it actually carries weight better in WWE. Yeah. But WWE uses a cage match like they're handing out like candy. <laughs> and AEW doesn't use a cage match, so the cage match is very special for them. And, like, if you could find a happy medium between both, I think it would be very successful. I like the gimmick. I agree with you. It's way overused in AEW because, like, everything is an eliminator you know much. like the, remember the women's tournament that did had the joki uh tokyo joshi pro yeah that's where we get introduced to maki Makito. it was literally like the the women's eliminator single elimination uh worldwide worldwide <laughs> eliminator tournament like it was the longest name i think it's an eliminator three times it was so bad like we get you um you know and uh, the, the winner of that Ryu Mizunami is not even in AEW right now. Um, hey. Anyway, so this week's show, again, amazing technical technical wrestling. The women's match was god awful. I'm oh sorry. God. I'm not this, this... I'm not here to say Red Velvet is a top tier wrestler because she's not. She's still green. And then you had her going against yet another green wrestler. And Jay Cargill for mm. Jay Cargill go fifty and zero, ladies and gentlemen. I like Jade. I like her presentation. I like the things about her, other than her in ring ability, and especially if she's going <laughs> against somebody who's not a veteran. If she's going against a veteran, a veteran, she has good matches because they carry her. Absolutely, if she's going as green as her. It is god awful. Two things I want to say about Jade Cargill. Okay. Echo everything you said. Add to that the fact that, like we've talked about, you and I have beaten this. We we have we have worn down the head of this nail, beating it into a board. Who is who's lining up? So you had Kiera Hogan, a former baddie, come out. You know, so you've got this ex baddie association, and you know Layla Gray, who is a baddie, but they've whatever. Yeah, none of these women. In and around the sphere of Jade Cargill, are believable to beat her with the way that she's been positioned. Okay, Kier Hogan shouldn't be. Kier Hogan's a fantastic wrestler who is getting a chance to shine a little bit. But once again, do you believe Red Velvet would beat Jade Cargill? Do you believe Not Kira Hogan can beat Jade Cargill? Not if Layla Gray, when Layla Gray breaks off, can she beat Jade Cargill? Maybe. Not the way they positioned her. <laughs> nope. So it has to be somebody from the outside. You've got and you've got you got no plan for anything. No plan to take the belt off a of black female Goldberg. Okay, mm-hmm. which leads me to my second point. I'm starting to get the way they're packaging her and presenting her. You know this and that is getting even more confusing, right? Because there is nobody. That could challenge her. There's nobody in the line to challenge her. She just is a champion. She's never been anything but, right? You know, she's the only T- TBS champion there is. She walks off after a big match carrying her daughter, right? Which doesn't fit her character at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great look, to, great thing to do, but you've developed her to be this like. Super, you know, profane, tougher than thou, baddest bitch on the block, right? Mm-hmm. Slash loving mother. What? 
<laughs> you I know? mean, you could do both. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just don't I, get it. I don't get what they're doing. I don't, there's no, I don't feel like there's a, there's no end game here. And I don't feel there's a long term plan. They're just spinning their wheels. Like, so let me, let me build off that because I, I agree to a point. So the TBS and TNT championships both collectively truly don't have plans. Yeah. Like the difference between the two is the TNT just gets handed off every, every so often with a retread of the exact same feud. Like, Oh, this guy got it. Oh, he's going to have it for a little bit. Then they're going to feud again. And then he's going to lose it to the person that he wanted off of. They continually do that. Like all the time. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous on that one. There's no true plan there. And one of the TNT champions who we talked about a lot was booked into a corner who had to win the title, who happened to show up tonight. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. But they're doing the same thing with Jay. They have booked her into a corner. There's, You know? Yeah. And the thing is, like, they need to build bench strength to have somebody challenge her, and they haven't because they're working so hard on the... The e-girls and all of them. Now, if one of the e-girls challenged her... Ruby Soho. Hey, Ruby. Which, you know, there's some issue there because the e-girls attacked uh, Britt Baker, DMD, and then, obviously, Ruby came to check on... Uh, yeah, which I did afterwards. like. We'll talk about that in a moment here. Yeah, we'll continue you with know, the women for a bit, but yeah. Yeah, but... So, like, that's the only way. Legit. I think that's the only way right now... They get that belt off of her unless it's Monet Banks. Like, that is it. It has to be somebody from the outside who no one knows about, who's a big, big person just out of nowhere. And that almost feels like the play to go with this, even though booking-wise, you think she fits into the big picture with the E-Girls and all that more. In a way, it almost makes more sense for her to go up against Jade because of the way that Jade has been positioned, right? Yeah. There's a hip hop tie in there as well with that because Bow Wow's Bow Wow's long. Yeah, what happened to the Bow Wow thing? That just kind of disappeared in the thin air. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. The Bow Wow thing. Weird. It was weird. Bow Wow just Bow Wow just trying to hit up. A, yeah, hey, what's up? You know. And yeah. So, know, but... so let's talk about the other side of the women's picture, okay? Because to, you, okay. to your mention during an interview for a preparation for another eliminator next week, the women's eliminator, the second one that Jamie's been in, in 10 days, I guess the bunny, there was something coming through on, you know, Renee's earpiece. And we go to the video and, you know, Brit's getting the shit kicked out of her by Soraya and Tony. Okay. Later on in with doc Sampson. And here is, you know, uh, Renee, Hey, checking on you. How you doing? Right. <laughs> the, the very wrestling thing. You're in a very serious. You, you just got the shit kicked out of you. You're seeing a doctor, but please talk to me and tell me how you feel. <laughs> and here comes Ruby sliding in and try to check, make sure you're good. You know, and Britt does the whole, like trying to play it off. Like, you're one of them, right? Where did you stand? What are your thoughts? I know that you kind of dismissed the idea about Ruby being with the girls. When I when I made mention of it last week, but what are your thoughts with how she fits in the picture and where this storyline is going? I am more convinced that she's not going to go with the E girls. The Kyrie Sheeta is. 
I I th- I think that makes more sense. Yes. I've I'm a hundred percent zeroed in on that's the play. I mean, after Without tonight, over that. Uh, after tonight, I'm less convinced. I mean, she's obviously in this picture now, mm-hmm. which is good mm-hmm. for me. Good for her because she gets good for her. Good for me. Good for her because she gets you know story. You know. In, back in the, like this main sort of storyline, right? You know, and everything. Mm-hmm. Bad for the whole Jade thing, unless they, they said they do Mercedes Monet, whatever. But I think I agree with you. I think that there's definitely some big suspenseful swerves that they're trying to set up with that is mm-hmm. what it feels like. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think that's the way they're going. So, yeah, that's the women's division. Of AEW right now. You could have um, done two matches, Tony. You could have just done two matches and we would have been even You know what? I, I am going to give him credit for another match that did happen on Rampage. Yeah. And that that was Jamie Hayter versus Emi Sakura, um, who came out with Mesa Ruga and um, by Bao, Bao, whatever. Um, <laughs> they're, they're a tag team. Uh, it's just more Mesa Ruga. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> my god that match was amazing i didn't see that coming man i did not see that match well i may so here's the thing emmy puts on good matches she does because she is a trainer she's been she is a long in the tooth veteran who can still flat out go and jamie's at the top of her game no doubt and those two put on one for the books like holy shit was that thing amazing like hard hitting the back and forth emmy looked so strong jamie looked strong like it was a win-win situation for both women it was crazy like how good this match truly was it's one of those matches that you thought, oh, that'd be cool to see, and then you see, and you're like, wow, I didn't have any idea it was going to be that good, right? You know? Yeah, I think, and it was on Rampage. Yeah, I think I mean, yeah. I remember, like, thinking about that when uh, Ali Catch and Ruby Soho at the, the Hammerstein Ballroom at GCW, like, yeah. that was going to be a cool match to watch, and my God, that was that was damn near my match of the night. Well, not quite. Uh, there was yeah. some ridiculousness in that show, but uh, specifically six-person lucha craziness. But, you know, yeah, it ends up being that, it's like, I... You just the stars align. Two people seem to just make a match that's magic, and so who knew? I, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. With the lineup of technical wrestling that happened on Dynamite, if this was the match that was on Dynamite, I would call this my match of the night without hesitation. It was that damn good. It was. It was one. Of, it was one of the best matches that have been happening on Rampage in a while. Yeah. Excellent match excellent freaking match so let's talk about one that was maybe not so excellent (laughs) um and i mean i'm gonna catch flack for this and you might give me some flack too we got a typical darby allen match didn't we we did we did now it was violent and bloody and and joe was in the best form of joe so i did i did like a lot i did like that too yeah. But yes, it was Darby Gann the shit kicked out of him for 95, 90% of the time. Yep. Back back to what Darby does best, just getting the shit kicked out of him. He loses his belt to a guy who he won the belt off of. Hmm, 
Like amazing how this works out for the TNT title every time. I know. Um, So, and then fun fact, as soon as Joe won it, guess who comes out? The guy who he wanted off of originally comes (laughs) out. Yes. War Daddy is back, ladies and gentlemen. Heather, I bet you're really excited about War Daddy being back. He's back. Give us your thoughts on the War Daddy, War Daddy, War Daddy short dude. What do you think, Heather? Love it. I like. I. I mean, I never liked his little main bunny thing. The man bone sucked. Sorry, y'all. Hey, whatevs. You know what? He looks good. Um, I mean, he's more shredded Julian Sal, man. But you know, he's excellent. And yes, we we are getting this evolution TNT title. A revolution, not evolution. Revolution. Revolution that's going to be the two of them. And yes, we know. And Warlow's probably going to win it. And then mm-hmm. just give us Miro. Please give us Miro in the TNT picture. If you're going to give it back to an old champion, give it back to Miro. Then we could have Miro and Malachi feud for it the way it should be. That's what should fucking happen. Yes. Or have Miro take off the Continental Championship off of uh, Orange Cassidy. Oh, the, the All-Atlantic? Me- yeah. The, me- the most meaningless of the title. <laughs> That's in a Jansport backpack at all times. I do. I, I love the follow through. I love that, though. I, I love the follow through of character with that. Right. I did like a lot of the spots in this match, though, obviously, because I am a spot yeah. monkey. And the fact that he won it. So Darby had pulled off the, the padding and, you know, pulled yeah. back the canvas. And. and <clears throat> Joe, being Joe, used the ref to kind of bump the ropes, knock Darby down, and do a top rope muscle buster onto the boards for the victory. It was kind of insane. Yeah. The finish was great. Uh, Like, the match, okay, so, like, yeah, both of them were bloody. It was was fun to watch from that point because you did get the visceral Joe, and that's probably my favorite Joe. Oh, yeah. But, again, like, 90%. Darby, Darby get the shit kicked out. Darby. Yeah, like, we're back to Darby. Um, <laughs> so, had a weak-ass promo from Jack Perry. Like, they need to send him to promo school. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be a champion. I was already a tag team champion. Been there, done that. And I've been to the tippy top, and I've been to the bottom bottom. And it's like, <laughs> okay, dude. You're weak. There I'm wasn't sorry. really a promo that was worth even talking about. For the whole night. The Elite promo was weird. The Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah, they're putting Ricky through a gauntlet now. Oh, hey, pulling the MJF card. Oh, Um, never seen that before. (laughs) Yeah. The the trials of Jericho. Really, the women's was the only one. It's just just the women's kind of thing that they did with Britt. So, go figure, right? Britt Baker. Turns out to be good. Um, before we get into the technical matches, do you want to talk about that tag team match? That there was, was a tag team match. Okay. Let's talk not about really match. a tag team match. <laughs> it was more about the after. Like, the acclaim came out. Max did not exactly do his best rap um, because it was going against Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. I do love uh, the names. Which the names are amazing. I do love the names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Especially uh, Truth Tur- Magnum. That is fan. What? That's fan. Turbo Floyd's a great name. Truth Magnum. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like, yeah. It sounds like an 80s porn star. Um, if they're really uh, smart, they'd both be Magnums. They'd be Turbo and Truth Magnum. The Magnums? Turbo Magnum, Truth Magnum. More Magnums. Yeah. Um, so the Acclaim win, obviously, is a squash match. It was really easy. Total squash. 
Um, then, then the ass boys come out, they confront, they want a title shot. And then here, like the, the claims like, let's leave it up to the fans. What do they say? Oh, they say no. So no. And then here's, here's daddy ass getting all sorts of pissed about it. Starts walking off. And then Colton and him, uh, Colton and his brother just go straight for the jug. Yeah. Just walk out on us. Like you did when we were kids. You should go bury yourself in a bottle of pills. I'm like, Fuck. Yeah, up until that line, I was just sort of like, okay, this is, you know, it's the same thing I did last week, you know, bury yourself in a bottle of pills. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that felt real. Uh, <laughs> so we are going to get a title match next week. No eliminator for this one, ladies and gentlemen. A real title match Ass Boys versus the Acclaimed. Um, okay, so which of the technical matches would you like to start with? Let's start with the one I think we can get through. Well, the one, the one that we can talk about the quickest because we've seen it twice already. It was the opener. Um, oh, Hanger and Moxley. That, that's my only real complaint about that match, but Hanger and Moxley 3. And it's not done. That's the thing about it, too. Yeah, so the match was just as good as the other two. Well, the first one was because eh. yeah. <laughs> eh, the first one ended abruptly with a concussion, but it was great. It was fun. It was mm-hmm. hanger and Mox. They beat the shit out of each other before the match started. Then they got in there and they did more beating the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. It was good. And then it was over, but it's not over. Moxley won, but he wasn't happy with winning. Yeah. And then hanger wasn't happy either. Like it was just weird. The ending was just odd it's like so are you continuing this because this is supposed to be the rubber match right but no mm-hmm. and they had why like, do i feel like hanger and mox are gonna become a tag team because this is what this is this is what has happened so many times in wrestling history right <laughs> two guys who hate each other end up are, becoming tag team are look Look at look at look at Claudio's in the fucking ring, and we had Claudio and Sheamus go through a surprise surprise best of I think it was nine match to become the bar, and they were a great tag team together, and they won the title multiple times. I agree. So, I'm with you. I think this might be so the thing that happens. Hold on, hold on. I got this idea. Oh, son of a bitch, got, he's back. I got this idea. I thought we these got two of guys they hate each other. All right. This is what we're going to do. They are going to fight and fight and fight. And then we're going to make them come together and be a tag team and be the greatest tag team of all time. Well, you know what we're going to call them? The Mega Powers. You're going to make them do what? You're going to make them come together and form <laughs> a tag team and call them the Mega Powers. All right. All right. Get the fuck out of here, Bruce. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thought we were rid of you, son of a bitch. Hey, you're the one who started it. Like I, I wasn't gonna go there. You're like, oh, we've seen it a hundred times. Like, oh shit, it's the Mega Powers. We're going. Well, the Mega but you, but you, you, to your point, why do you think you're gonna see it happen? Because we've seen it happen a million times. So that's true. Because I mean, one thing, wrestling is predictable, <laughs> and, and they'll probably be a fantastic tag team because Hanger and Mox together. Sure. Yeah. What? Well, okay. Which one do you want to save? Let's to go with that. Okay. You want to save Danielson? Yes. Okay, I figured yes. so. We got the joy of seeing Kanosuke Takeshka multiple times tonight, too, on TV. But in a match, specifically. And Brian Cage, two weeks in a row, on your TV on Dynamite. 
How about that? Ding. <laughs> um, but hey, whatevs. Um, this match, I thoroughly enjoyed. Because, again... I really like this match. I you really got to see match. athletic Brian... Uh, Brian Cage. You got to see athletic Brian Cage in this one a lot more than you got to see athletic Brian Cage against Brian Danielson. Because For obvious he was, reasons. Yeah. Like, Kineske is not a small dude. Um, no. Like, they were eye to eye. This match, hard hitting, technically beautiful, Japanese strong style. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. What do you think of Takeska's uh, finisher, the 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 knee? It's very Japanese. <laughs> I really like it. I, feel, I love it though. I feel <laughs> a lot of people might. F- My worry is that you're gonna say what I feel a lot of people will say about it and have already kind of said how it's just a strike. It's 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 not a finisher. It's weak, right? That's the Kim Sasha. It's the same thing. It's just it, a strike. It, it's just it, it's done in a different way. You know. Yeah. It's with a knee, not, not, not the foot. I love it. I love it because it's something also you can pull out of nowhere, right? I'm a big fan of the quick finishers too. Right. So, and... Stunner, rock bottom. Well, he doesn't have to do that either too for the finisher, but I really like the knee as the finisher. That's my, my argument. No, I, I enjoyed it, but yes, like, it's that Japanese strong style where they use they use a strike as a finisher more times than not. Yep. Like, uh, I mean, just... Muda used to do the thumb... Pow! Like well, hell, um, s- s- solo, uh, solo. Sika solo the uses thumb. the thumb, yeah. yeah which is I love yeah, that strike, yeah. But a lot of times, because uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of times in America, those moves tend to become setup moves. I think of Joe's Uranagi, you know, which is by far my favorite Uranagi there's ever been, right? But in the corner Uranagi, where he pops him up and bam, and yeah, the one he did tonight on Darby was gorgeous, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. But Stuff like that tends to be a that gets tends to be relegated to a setup move. So I just want to get your thoughts on them. I like him using it as a finisher. No, I, I I'm right there with you. I think it's a solid finisher. Like, it, just like I was saying, like Nakamura uses the Kinsasha, which is a strike finisher. Yep. Uh, I mean, hell, a Shining Wizard is a strike finisher, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what anybody Do says. Well, how um, the 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 the, uh, the buckshot lariat is a strike finish. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, elbow strike by um, Osprey, the the blade or whatever he calls it. I can't think of what he's called. Is it? Um, that's the strike. Like people are like, bro, you need y'all need to calm down because <laughs> it happens more times than you think. Right. You you are just not... maybe if it was just packaged a little differently. That's maybe. I agree. But then again, Kineskashka's while he's not a rookie. He's, he's, he's young. St- he's still young. So, so speaking of Takeshka, we love to wax poetically about this guy. This again shows me he's got the goods. He's also now involved with the world champion, and he's got an eliminator match next week against MJF. I like this eliminator though. I do too. They've built but- this up for weeks, so now it makes. This is the time when you do an eliminator and do it right. I'm sorry. I'm off, I'm off this hill. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so this is going to be, what, four consecutive weeks he's been on Dynamite? Yes. Like, he's they. Tony said when he signed him, uh, when he's official, he's here, he's moved here. He's like, he's going to get a big push. You guys are going to see. No shit. So, he's gotten it. <laughs> 
So, I mean, he's in the main event right now. I don't know if he's necessarily ready for the main event yet, to be perfectly frank. I think he is title worthy of a run at one. I don't think it's the AEW World Championship. In a perfect world, this would be the time to put the secondary title on him. I say in a perfect world because, well, the intercontinental thingy. All Atlantic. All Atlantic. You keep saying intercontinental. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's close. No. Um, I would say that it, in a perfect world, the TNT is what I would put on him. But you just talked about the way that they treat the TNT title. Right? It's war daddies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost siloed into a very specific group of individuals. Right? So. It's the 24-hour championship. I don't mind quick ch- tile changes either, to be yeah. to be honest. But not to the same people over yes. and over again. Open like like remember remember when they had the hardcore title back in the 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 oh, attitude so era great. and that one. For those of you who aren't familiar with the with the old school WWF and the hardcore title, the hardcore title was the original winged eagle belt that had gotten destroyed and beaten up and was thrown away. So somebody, I don't remember the whole lore behind it, but somebody took it out, wrapped a bunch of duct tape around it, and wrote the word hardcore on it. It became the hardcore title, right? And, the, awesome. and the thing is that it could be defended at any time 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before the 24-7 title. And I remember this one episode of Raw, it changed hands 16 times. <laughs> Something stupid like that. But Well, the pay-per-view, I think it changed hands 11 times at WrestleMania. Like, <laughs> one I do remember that. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It was, but, but no, yeah. I think that the All Atlantic title probably makes more sense for him. He, just think about him going against Orange Cassidy. Think about that match right there. I'm for it, and it seems like he's Orange Cassidy seems to be putting this up against a lot of people that are kind of along the mm-hmm. same career path level wise that Takeshka is, right? You know. So I think I think that makes a lot of sense, and his his finisher is a strike as well. <laughs> uh, I really just want to troll people. I don't <laughs> think a strike could be a finisher. So I think that in a, you've never been knocked the fuck out. That's that's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You just don't know. So anyway, it can finish you. All right, that leaves that leaves one match, which I knew for, something was just seeding in me that this is going to be the one that Jamie is going to want to get into because. We had a week respite, and then we had Brian Danielson back to his old tricks of let's just do some technical fucking wizardry on TV. Go. If I could use one word to explain this match. Perfect. That's a bold word there, Cotton. Timothy Thatcher, who was great in NXT, by underrated way. as hell, yes. Now and Noah and Brian Danielson are cut from the exact same cloth. Yep. You had the British strong style going up against an American strong style, and the submissions, <laughs> woo, the uppercuts. The knees, everything, the placement of things was perfect. Was this a five-star match? Maybe not. No. 
But what I mean by perfect is the pacing was amazing. The storytelling was amazing. The strikes, the submissions, everything was on point. It could have been longer. I think if it was longer, it could have got a five star. But that's that's personally that's my opinion. I'm gonna okay. watch this match one more time. But the the stiffness of kicks, you know, there's a lot of just great things. Like going into the 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 bow stretch, like he hasn't busted out the bow stretch in a long time. You know, like there's all sorts of well, things. I like, like the I like the matching thoughtfulness because you see this from Danielson on a bunch of people, right? But mm-hmm. for example, they started off at the beginning of and it, I don't remember what the hold was specifically, but Downson had him in a submission hold of sorts and he reversed oh, it. Okay, he reversed it by grabbing the, the, the finger and pulling it back, right? <laughs> like you could hear him yelling. Oh yeah. He- it, it, the sound was great, but but that just set the tone for the match because because you see Dan to do that sort of stuff all the time, but now to have it happen on, on both sides of this fence added this complexity to it. So where do you rank? So okay, so five star or not? For what's worth, I don't think it was a five star match. No. I think it was. I think it was a high four. You know, it was a solid four and a half. I would I would say solid four and a half. I, um, I agree with that. I think that all of the three of them that he's done here have all been solid four and a half. So where'd you put this? Takeska, Thatcher, um, um, Bandito. Where would you rank these three? Takeshka one. Okay. Without hesitation. <laughs> this two. Okay. And then Bandito three. So you put this above Bandito. Absolutely. <laughs> Bandito's was a different style match. Yes. But this one, like, again, to your point, when he put him in that bone arrow stretch and then he got out of it by using the, 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 the joint manipulation had, you know, just had Pete Dunn vibes hardcore. Because oh, yeah. That's, the, well, that's, the, that's that British side to it, you know, yeah. the joint manipulation. I mean, the only thing for me that lowered it down was the MJF piece. The right. Like, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't involved in the Takeshka or the Bandito. Like, he started getting involved last week with Brian uh, Brian Cage. So, that's the only piece is the knock, but the actual wrestling itself was perfect. I, he didn't really get involved in the match too much because Takeshka came out to make the save, which, of course, prompts the match for next week. But I didn't mind it in this match either. Because the overall story arc with them and the way they're building up this, this isn't a gauntlet, you know, to be fair, of all like the previous MJF like hurdles to jump through to get to me sort of thing. This is the most legitimate of them because it's like, you got to be number one contender, you know, in order to do that, you have to wrestle every single week against people, right? You know, so, but you see him each week get realized he's getting closer and closer. He's getting more and more desperate. That's why I didn't mind the run out this week because it's that next progression, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't think it took, I don't think it took away from the match. No, no. I I just think that could have been the, if this was, if this match was five minutes longer and it didn't have that aspect in it whatsoever, five star. I need five more minutes. It also would have probably pay-per-view quality. (laughs) So at at that point. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) At that point. Cool beans. Well, next week we got uh, Roosh versus Brian Danielson. Roosh is getting 
boatloads of money from like briefcases full of money now. <laughs> yes. So dumb. But you know, several eliminators and all that stuff. Um interesting to see where we go. I I don't know. The whole thing it's like it feels like they're setting up for the acclaim to drop the belts. I don't feel like that's right. I don't think so either, especially to the Astros. I don't know, though. It just feels like... Well, with FTR out of the picture and the Elite doing their thing, it is just the Ass Boys. That's the only other tag team right now that's getting built up. Yeah, private private parties, not not fully healthy. Um, Top Flight's there, right? That's I'm trying to think of the other... You're going to do Kings of the Black Throne? I mean... Oh, yes. Give me... Oh, yes. Brody King and Malachi. I yes. would love that, but they have done nothing to to insert them into this title picture and where Oh, they they've had a couple tag team matches on Dark. But not not rev, not n- nothing to insert them into like the the acclaim storyline. They can easily get inserted next week. I think that you can move the well to your point. I feel like you can move the House of Black pretty easily and quickly into any storyline i am also biased towards the house of black same so 100 percent same i would love to see that happen so let's let's see let's see where they go so next week's AEW should be a good one yeah we're what we are less than a month out um so uh, we almost are, a month out today it's about just about a month out pretty close to it this means next time this belt is defended is going to be in about a month Ooh, oh this belt right here look at this beauty look at this beautiful thing for life we're getting it back staying in the club so that's what we got guys so do you have anything else though no no uh but uh Go rewatch the Bray Wyatt match with Blue Monday. <laughs> do my not, orange don't do it. Don't do it, y'all. Don't do it, y'all. Even <laughs> if you watch like the clips of it, it'll stick in your. It'll it'll get imprinted. I know. I I do this. I I love planting the earworms. This is how it works, though. Don't even watch like a, a Twitter video of it. It'll get stuck, or do. Either way. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, keep a lookout. Uh, we got some stuff we got, we got coming up here. We're gonna make. We'll make some announcements and things like that. Uh, so keep an eye on our Twitter. Also, as always, join the conversation. Give us a comment down below. Tell us what you thought. Tell us what you think they're going with. You know these different title pictures, especially especially the women. Okay, is there any course of action to ever get the belt off of Jade Cargill other than Mercedes Monet? I would love to hear a plan. Somebody fancy book that for me. Somebody. Mark Stradamus is out of ideas. If that gives you any idea. Who knows? So give us, give us, give us comments. But no, we will be back next week. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you giving us some of your time. Jamie, take us home. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not down to Total Spot Fest, I got nine words for you. What the shit are you? Okay. <laughs> Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. Two more weeks and we don't the season. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Peace. <laughs>